Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Um, and so uh, you can turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, um, but as usual, before we get started, really probably the most important thing we're going to do in this sermon, okay, is we're going to pray but you're going to pray on your own, okay? It's not going to be me. I'm going to, I'll close this out, okay, verbally. I just, I'm telling you, I, for me, I know um, there's a difference when me and God have talked. And sometimes we've got to talk about personal things that, that it, it, and sometimes, you know, almost all the time, I don't need to be sitting somewhere passive. I'm like, okay, God, your word is coming. Let, prepare me. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, everybody, every one of us, you had a different day yesterday or a different week, different things happening, different, different things going on. All right. And this is where, man, like I said, this may be the most important thing we do. Um, so as we get prepared to read God's word and to dig through it, let's take some time to pray where you are and then I'll close this out. Father, thank you for letting us uh, come here and open your word. Uh, Father, I pray, I know we all fall into it, but help us to always remember your word is sacred. God, not, not the Bible we have, not this paper Bible or computer, but your word, Father, is sacred. Your word is truth. Um, your word brings life. Your word is food for us, Father. I, I pray that every day we're treating your word like it's a meal. Father, I pray that we're obeying your word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit, uh, you know exactly where to challenge us, God. You know where to push us. You know where to, where, where to comfort us, Father. I pray for that right now, God, that, uh, that we will come out of our comfort. God, please push us out of our comfort zone. Father, if, if, uh, I, I just pray that we can um, be more singularly focused on you, Amen. your goodness, your just amazing power, Father, I pray that we don't ever treat you just like a human being with flaws. and st- God, please don't let us do that, but please remind us of your might and your power. And when Satan wants to get in there and tell us differently or, or make us have a bad attitude or something like that, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit reminds us of your goodness and your glory and your your promises, God. Thank you again for letting us read your Bible. I pray that we're inspired to be followers of you, God, that we can go out and be your ambassadors in a bold way. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to be here in Hebrews 11. I, you know, many of you, you're probably familiar, Hebrews 11 is, is many people's like favorite chapter in the Bible because it talks about all of these amazing exploits, amazing exploits of men and women of faith and all the things they did. And, and, and it is inspiring, but isn't it easy sometimes you read it and you think, yeah, but that's them, not me. Like we read a great story. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did that, but that's not for us today. 
And it's exactly in there for that reason. It's exactly in there for us today. All right. What happened then, what we see, it's not that God stopped being God. Right. He didn't go, yeah, I did those really great things a long time ago. And now let me stop and just frustrate people. Right. That, that's not what happened. Right. Um, we're in Hebrews 11. Uh, we're going to read verse 27, this little passage right here. And uh, I love it. There's so much about it. That there's, there's part of it that may make you scratch your head. Okay, that's okay. But Hebrews 11, verse 27, it says, By faith he, Moses, left Egypt without fearing the king's anger. For he persevered as though he could see the one who is invisible. Boy, you let those words just kind of sink in for a second. Okay. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes you read that and you go, hold on a minute. Like, what part of Moses' life here is he talking about? Because, you know, Moses left Egypt once scared. Do you remember that? Remember what he was scared of? Right? He left. He was scared of being caught. He was scared of Pharaoh. He was a 40-year-old man. He had been living with Pharaoh's household. He had been raised as Pharaoh's child. And he thought he did, hey man, he killed a guy and he's like, man, I'm in trouble if Pharaoh hears about this. And he was scared and he left. Why do I say that? That's not this. It's very important to remember, they're talking about this. He left Egypt. This is when he led God's people out of Egypt. Red Sea parted onto Canaan's land, okay? Why is that important? Why do I want to start with that? Because we're going to talk about some things, and it would be really easy for you to feel like, I failed. Man, I messed up. I haven't reached it. I'm not that good. Well, here's the cool thing about it is, is that this wasn't Moses' first try. All right? That's very important to remember. We're going to talk about second try here, okay? And in fact, we're talking about 40 years later. All right? Can you imagine what's life going to be like in 40 years? Okay? Think about it. What's it going to be like in 40 years from now? And Moses had a, had a crisis of faith at 40. And at 80, he's like, I don't fear Pharaoh anymore. I don't fear him. You go, what happened? That should be a great starting place right there. It's, oh, my goodness. You mean he left Egypt without fearing the king's anger? You know what I love about Egypt, though? You, it's a country, obviously, right? For sure. I love that part, okay? But, but here's the interesting thing about this, is the biblical, kind of when we read about Egypt in the Bible, it has such a rich meaning to it. Okay, it's not, it's not just a country. It meant a lot of different things, okay? In certain parts of the Bible, you know what it meant? Food when there was famine, right? Because there's a big old river basin right there that's allowing things to grow. Sometimes Egypt meant salvation like go to egypt because they have food right sometimes egypt meant captivity for the israelites it was where they were it was forced labor right if you asked the israelites after they left and crossed the red sea what's egypt that's where we were prisoners all right and isn't it amazing god literally took his people out of egypt to save them and there are so many foreshadows for us today of the idea of God taking us out, like literally taking us out of e Egypt 
all right? Captivity, right? Where, where we are enslaved, all right? There's supposed to be a rich meaning. We, we hear Egypt in specific cases like this to go, yes, I remember what Egypt was like. And man, you know, when we, we witnessed a baptism, and, and it's, you know what's fascinating about this? You're going, Keith, you're taking this way too far, man. Egypt and the Red Sea had nothing to do with baptism. That's not what Paul said. Okay, you can write this down. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul said that God baptized his people through the Red Sea. So as people came out of Egypt, they were baptized in the Red Sea, and then they went on to the Promised Land, okay? So can you imagine what a teacher God is? He's like, I need to have people understand what it's like to be in captivity and to understand what it means to come out of it. So I'm going to have millions of my people actually be in captivity for 400 years, and I'm going to march them through the water into, like, on their way to the promised land, okay? Here's God's version. This is God going, people, don't miss this, okay? It's a country with millions of people going through water, okay? God is saying, I save out of Egypt here, okay? But, you know, I think sometimes this was really easy to happen, especially when we're, right, we're trying to grow in faith. There isn't anyone in here, not one of us, okay? Our faith meter is not maxed out. There's not a one of us in here, okay? In fact, the thing about it is, it is it might be, like all of us together might make a little blip on the faith meter, right? I mean, this is an area where it's like, man, I just want to live more faithful. I want to trust God, right? And so we have this here in, back in Hebrews 11, right? He says, he left Egypt without fearing the king's anger. Isn't it interesting here um, that he's saying, man, by faith he did this. Who cares if the king was angry? No, the king will kill you. That's why that matters. Do you have anybody like that in your life now? Do you have anybody? Probably not. We're like, we are the comfortable, man. We're like sitting here going, ah, man, no, there's safety for us and comfort for us in a bad way comfort, okay? Not the good comfort, all right? We're going, no, no, no. This this would raise your pulse a little bit if you knew there's people coming after you. There's somebody, if you cross them, they're going to be angry and they have the ability to make your life horrible. Probably in our world, probably not going to kill you unless you are like some, you know, special ops person that we know nothing about, okay? And you have some kind of foreign government after you, okay? But, but here's the deal is, isn't it, yeah, you start thinking about it and going, but man, there are people we, we do fear. There are people, and you know, we can kind of just stay plopped down and go, man, really, thank you, God, for saving me. And I'm going to sit right here in Egypt because I'm scared of, and you fill in the blank. This is just like the starting point is, man, you know, we're, we're scared of bosses. We're scared of people. We're scared of what people are going to say about us. We're scared of all these things. And you think of Moses, he's going, I'm not going to be. Why? Because I trust God. Mm-hmm. Well, who is this God? Well, we sang. Here's the crazy thing right here and how great thou art. Right at the beginning. When I, an awesome wonder, consider all the worlds your hands have made and see the stars and hear the rolling thunder and the power throughout your universe displayed. That may not be your thing, though. You may go, well, okay, that's cool. Okay, it may be something else. That's not a bad thing, okay? It's not like everybody has to, you know, 
But there's something, I mean, seriously, there has to be something that we are just going, God, you are so immensely amazing. That's the only thing that that's as I think about this, I'm going to, you know, the only way I'm going to trust enough to not be afraid of what people are going to say about me is that there has to be the one who is so immensely powerful and loving and that I'm just going, okay, I, it says he persevered as though he could see the one who was invisible. Could you imagine what Moses looked like? People were going, dude, that dude looks like he's seeing somebody who's invisible. That's how he's behaving. Like it's, it's amazing right here. He says he, he was walking through like he, he, as though he could see the one who is invisible. Boy, that is something right there. That's something for us to think about. Say, wow, man, should my life be like that? I think so. I don't think this is one of those things we're going, yes, Moses, he was awesome. I think this is what the church is supposed to be. I think individually we're supposed to go, man, they're walking through life like they, they see the invisible God. The powerful God, the awe-inspiring God, the God even when we're scared and going, oh, I don't know, something bad may happen. Man, but God, go, man, you're going through a hard time. It looks like you're following somebody who's invisible, right? This is amazing, right? And here's the thing is, is at any point, you know what Moses could have done? Just said, I'm just going to stay. So for 40 years, he stayed in Midian. He's in a different country. He says, I'm going to stay here because you know what? It's okay. I have a family. I have a father-in-law. I have a sheep. I'm raising all these people. I can stay right here in Midian. And we would never have the rest of the story. Right? He, he could have done that. And it's interesting how God... How, how God so inspired him, you know. Has God stopped doing that today, do you think? Stopped inspiring us in such a way that we would go, people in, people in Midian would go, you're crazy for doing that. Like, wh- why on earth would you go down to Egypt? Do you not know Pharaoh's down there? Yeah, but my people are too, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them out because God said to, to, to lead them out. Can you imagine his people group? You're nuts, right? When was the last time someone said that to you, right? You're crazy, and not in a bad way, okay? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about it in a bad way, okay? I'm talking about just, wow, what are you thinking? That blows my mind that that would happen, right? Here's the thing is, this, this right here, Let's burn this, like, I don't care. If you like tattoos, tattoo this on you, okay? Don't waste your life. All right, here's what Moses got. This is what's so inspiring, all right, is can you imagine Moses looking back and going, man, quite possibly one of the greatest decisions I've ever made was I left Midian and I went down to Egypt And buddy, people thought I was crazy, and I was scared, and I couldn't talk, and Pharaoh was mean to me, and God had to do all these things, you know. And he's going, but you know what? Oh, man, could you imagine your last minutes? Oh, man, I didn't waste my life. I didn't waste my life, you know. I mean, you think about this as I was reading a lot about this, and there was a story of an older man who became a disciple late, late, late in life. And... uh, 
not long after he became a disciple, um, he was sitting down with somebody who was crying. He said, I wasted it. He goes, I wasted it. Right? And there's a lot to that, right? I mean, there, let's not read too much into that because I think we could also say it's not too late. Right? But I think we can understand his sentiment. We can understand his sentiment without getting into all the philosophy. We can understand going through and going, you know if you wasted it. I don't mean that you did something, you go, yeah, but those two things I did in my life, those were all worth it. No, no, we're talking about a life that you go, that life I chose was all worth it. Everything that came with that life was all worth it. We've got to look at it. I'm, just, I'm thinking about this. I'm going, oh, man, can you imagine just this idea of Moses going, man, I didn't waste it. I didn't waste this. How do you do that? And, and here's the thing is, is partially there's, there's a focus. This is not easy, by the way. Okay, this isn't like, oh, man, you mean I can just listen to a couple of great songs and hear a sermon and then go and do. This is like a determination and a decision, right? Of going, man, you know what? Maybe it's time to hunker down and focus, right? Maybe, maybe it's time to do that, right? Is this idea of spiritual focus, man, I'm telling you, focus is we're losing focus in so many ways. In fact, in amazing ways that we, you want to know what? There are going to be civilizations that will crack up at us. And let me give you an example. Okay. How many commercials, I, I don't know how many you've heard. I've heard a lot of commercials about the new virtual reality. Okay. And the advertisement is, have your friends over so y'all can do virtual reality in your own world. And that's life have my friends over and I'm going to buy hundreds of dollars of equipment to not be with my friends while I'm with my friends to have friends not with my friends, but we're all in the same room. <laughs> Think about it. And you want to know what? Some of y'all are going, what's wrong with that? That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you want to know what, dude? Refocus. Okay, that is not life. You are going down a slippery, scary slope. Yeah. Okay, of, of, let me tell you, the end of that slope is no relationship. In fact, you don't like people. You won't be around people. That's the direction yeah. is, no, I want a cube that I can be in and live in this virtual perfect world with no pain and no suffering, and I can go have sex with whoever, whenever I want, and get all the pleasure and everything I want, and everyone else will stay away from me. All right? That, listen, that's the slippery slope. No, Keith, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at it, man. Look at relationships just in the past 25 or 30 years, okay? It's we're becoming less and less and less able to communicate even face-to-face, -face. All right, There's more communication going on texting, yeah. right? There's more breaking up going on on texting. There's more asking out going on on texting. You know, I, hey, listen, I'll tell you what, back in, me and Ryan know, right? I mean, back in the 80s, man, somebody broke up with you face-to-face. -face. Like, they had to see me cry. <laughs> I'm going to make it hard on, no, okay? There was none of this easy, listen, my life would be different if there was text message, okay? Because I couldn't do my thing when, when a girl broke up with me, right? <laughs> Please, no. No, it wasn't that bad. But, but the thing, but you want to know what? You were forced to communicate to people. I think I've shared this with you before. Like, like most of the people, we didn't have, uh, 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 what were they called? Answer machines. Yeah, some of you may not even know what an answering machine is, right? A little tape in it, and you recorded a thing, and, and there was none. It was just like if you called someone's home, which was their only phone, 
If they weren't there, you didn't get to leave any message. All right? You did, they didn't know you called. All right? But here's the deal is, is you, were, you were rolling the dice when you called somebody because you didn't know who was going to answer. You didn't know. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, let me tell you, okay? In hindsight, I'm going, you had to be a warrior to make a phone call back in the 80s. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like, okay, I'm taking a chance. And then 15 minutes later, after you like, dial the phone number, <laughs> right? You know, you had plenty of time to back out. But you knew you were going to have to talk to somebody. And oftentimes, it was going to be mom or dad at home. Okay, boy, I'll tell you what, there is something about that. There is something about that that just, it, you had to grow up in a hurry, man. I had a dad hang up the phone. I was, I was on the phone with a girl I was dating, and we were doing that dumb thing at the end, you know, and, and going, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. You know? and, then, and then her dad goes, clink. I'm like, ah. Oh! You know, but, but, but here's the deal is that we are just going down this slippery slope. And, and, and here's, here's what I'm not saying. Listen, technology's fine. It, to me, technology's neutral, right? You can't stop technology. It's a good thing, okay? But I will tell you, if, we're, if we are proclaiming the gospel and we are ambassadors of Jesus, we are going to have to bring a different way. I mean, we are going to have to remind people that this is relational, that we do talk to one another. And so when we apologize, we apologize face-to-face. Right? When we reconcile, we do it face to face. We we encourage that. We we have the courage to do that. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit. We've got to teach the world this, okay? But I'll tell you what, when we're we're all unfocused. All of us, and I'm not saying, well, don't judge me. I'm saying, listen, me, America, we're unfocused. We just are because there is so many good things out there. Isn't there? I mean, there is so many good things to see and to buy and to, that are beautiful. And there is, I mean, just think about it, right? I mean, I don't know what, what you think of and you're like, wow, that is awesome. Maybe it's just like going through Amazon or maybe it's like whatever it is, you know? I mean, again, going back, like if you, you know, alive a while back, it, like I always liked the JCPenney catalog, right? I mean, that was awesome. That's where you got your toys, right? Is <laughs> JCPenney catalog. You're like, yes, there's a new GI Joe. This is awesome, right? But the thing about it is, is it, it, we get so unfocused, we start saying things like this. I don't have time to be in God's word. Okay, that, that's just lazy. I don't have time to dig in. I don't have time. I don't like reading, though. I don't like that. All right, that's a lack of focus. That is just a lack of spiritual focus where Moses was like, no, 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 that invisible, yeah, I see that. I don't know what's going on all around me, but I see him. That's who I'm following, okay? Boy, it's really tough, okay? That's, that's just one of those things. We're going to waste our life if we're unfocused. We're going to waste our life because you may look back and go, yeah, there was that one thing that was really, really great, right? But we're talking about a life that wasn't wasted, right? 2 Corinthians 5. Let's, let's turn over there and read this. 2 Corinthians 5. Whoops. 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 7. You know, in Hebrews 11, I love it, but you know what's really easy to do? Is we get so focused on the people that we forget God is the one. He's the one that made it all happen. He's the one that was worth it. 
He was the powerful one. Sometimes it's really easy to go, man, that's great. And all along, can you imagine? Can you imagine as Moses was making this decision, as he was going through life, could you imagine God's anticipation even? And I get it. I'm, you know, oh, but he's outside of time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get it. Okay. But it's this idea of, of this idea of a decision. Okay. I'm fairly certain God wasn't like, oh, I bet you he's going to fail. Gosh, I hope he doesn't do well because then I'm going, I don't really like that guy. It's, it's this, it's, it's come on. Come. That's how I always picture God. It's like, come on, come on, you can, come on. And, the, and we're looking at him going, dude, you're so awesome. I don't care what's anywhere else. And he's just going, come on, whether it's at work or at school or reaching out or standing by, he's going, come on, step, another step, another step. And we're going, no, but I'm overwhelmed and I'm scared and I'm tired. And he's like, no, 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 focus on me. Okay. And I'm thinking, man, how amazing would it be to see just the the physical representation of God just like Moses come on man but there's all this good stuff it's so hard to stay focused and it's so come on come on stay here second Corinthians 5 in uh, verse 7 for we walk by faith not by sight now, now keep reading and we are confident and satisfied to be out of the body and at home with the Lord Therefore, whether we, at, we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. Right? So the guys, we talked about like intentionality on Wednesday night. He says, I make it my aim wherever I am. He's like, you can take me out of my body. You can leave me here on earth, whatever it is. I'm confident. I'm satisfied. But my aim, was that your aim this morning? Or, or was the aim, you know, let me calculate the second I can sleep till. Let me calculate the minute I can wait here until I have to go. Is that what's happening in school? Is that what's happening at work? Is that what, because, you know what, the thing about it is, is, I think if we're aiming to please Jesus, think about it at work. Showing up early is a good thing. What if you showed up 15 minutes early just to serve? Just to talk with your coworkers. Showing up to class early. Going to campus early. All this kind of stuff. Instead, of, instead, think of what our aim is oftentimes. More sleep, more comfort, more relaxation, more pleasure. Those are the things we really spend time. How, listen, most, like, we do this at night. Our mathematics, like, the, the math we do that's most important is right before we go to bed. Okay, because we get all, oh, how many hours am I going to get? Oh, man, I can't do this and I can't do that. Instead of going, hold on a minute, man, I'm following the invisible God. <laughs> all right? And if I stayed up, I stayed up. But you know what? My aim is to please him. You know, I believe God can refresh you even on less sleep. I don't know why we don't ask him for that. <laughs> like, we, we, we forget to ask him for that. We're going, oh, God, that, you know, <laughs> I, please refresh me. He's like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> right? No, we forget. We're going, no, no, no. My aim is to please you. Like when I wake up in the morning, man, I want to go and be pleasing, not go and play and catch up all day. I want to read something to you right here, okay? In this, um, is it going backwards? Why is that going backwards? That's weird. Come on, come on, come on. 
Come on. Yeah, don't do Okay, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. This is one of my favorite things I've ever read. Okay, this is one of my favorite things I've ever read because this is a guy who wrote something down. Now, here's the deal. I, I don't know this guy that wrote this. I don't honestly care if this guy even lived, <laughs> okay? But what was it? Why do I say that? Because you're like, dude, I'm going on Snopes, and I'm going to check this out, and Keith's saying, no, 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 no. Just hear the letter, okay? <laughs> All right? But this is one of those, when I think of, don't waste your life. When I, when I look at Moses and I'm like, this guy wasn't afraid. This guy was focused on God. This guy was so laser focused on God. You know, when I, think of, when I think of this, when I think of this like single focus, right, th- this letter comes to my mind, okay? Now, now one of the things that, uh, the kind of the backstory on this was supposedly this was found amongst kind of the remains of a man who was martyred on the mission field. He died for his faith. And this was found, supposedly found, like w- with his personal items afterwards, okay? And this is what he wrote. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision's been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, Colorless dreams, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. All right, you think this guy's focused? (laughs) Right? I mean, oh my goodness, and he goes on. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, uh, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I now live by presence, lean by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, my mission clear, I cannot be bought. All right, can you imagine, this guy would be amazing to be around. You're like, talk about it, oh my goodness, so he said, listen, um, I can't be bought, I can't be compromised, I can't be detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. That's a quiet time right there. Like, man, how often is it easy to compromise, be detoured, lured away, turn back, deluded, delay? Wow, this is a guy who's going, no, man, I've crossed the line. I have crossed the line here. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until heaven returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will now have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. Wow, man. And and here's the deal. You're going, well, that guy's just an all-star in the faith. (laughs) Like, like he's cool. We, We could never do that. Everything he wrote was a decision. None of it was based on talent. There there wasn't anything. In fact, 
Anything that we could say was about talent. He was saying, I give that. I don't need to be popular. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be all this. I don't need. He's going, no, no, no. This is, these are decisions I've made. You know what this sounds an awful lot like? Anyone who will follow me must take up his cross, must deny himself, take up his cross. and follow. That's what this sounds like, right? That's what this sounds like. So, man, there, there shouldn't, you know, what if he walked in here, this guy? He walked in here. And he just had some time with each one of us. He says, tell me about your life. Tell me what's going on. I mean, golly, you guys, you guys have a great here in America. Like, tell me what's going on in your life spiritually. What are you grateful for? What, who are you reaching? Who is God using you for? And, and, and unfortunately, I'm afraid in America, hopefully, I don't know about here, but I don't know what you're thinking. But, but I wonder if we would go, don't judge me. Like, you're overwhelming me. I I will tell you this. There is one thing that will constantly overwhelm, create anxiety and depression. The world. That is the product of the world. That doesn't mean you you can't have an organic depression. That does not mean that, okay? But I'm telling you, we live in a world that everyone's overwhelmed. Believe me, that's exactly what the world is supposed to produce. And this single-minded focus... Right? You know, it's interesting. There's a promise that God gives. Is, is There's peace that transcends understanding. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't know anybody that doesn't want that. Yeah. Wouldn't go, That's how I want to live life. With a conviction, with like completely out of myself, following this. You know, I, I want people to say, he's, it's like he's following the invisible God. Like the way he interacts with people and the what he does and how and when he wakes up and when he goes to bed and all of that. Don't waste your life. Right. I love it. I love I love that we get this. I love that we have these stories. As I was reading this, though, I was thinking, wow, Moses had something here. He had an opportunity where the course of his life changed. And remember what we said at the beginning. Right. This wasn't his first try. So if you're going, I've already wasted it. I've already made those mistakes. I've already done that, okay? So had Moses. And he was 80 years old. So none of us can say, too late for me. Oh, no, man, right now we can. 